you're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. To Mark chapter 10, again, we're just briefly departing from our normal study of with Christ in the school of prayer. Just want us to look at something else uh, tonight. It, this, this happens to be one of those areas where <clears throat> I share this so often and I, it seemed like I wear this story out because of how relevant and, but also how pertinent it is to healing, to restoration, to the continued life and walking in freedom. This particular passage and this particular lesson found in Matthew, Mark, and in Luke is this transitional and pivotal lesson that if we get it, it will, it will dynamically affect our lives. If we miss it, then, then there's going to be an ongoing chronic issue within each story. So it's Mark uh, chapter 10. I'll begin reading with verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not, hear, do not bear false witness, defraud not, Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lack, go thy way, sell whatever thou hast, give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at the saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Now again, we come to this, and unfortunately, it's taught often in a very narrow way, saying that the reason that he wouldn't follow was because of the value of the money. It's turned into a, a conversation and a lesson about the competition of faith and of money. But there's a much bigger story here. Because the real story is that this young man coming and wanting to follow Jesus loved something behind him more than he loved something in front of him. And now that broadens the story because most of us have a great deal of trouble keeping our past behind us. And I wish I knew which book it came from, but Jan and I were listening to a book on tape. We do that as we travel. And, uh, and one of the comments, and Jan might even remember where it came from, was that rarely does history, which we typically teach is in the past, rarely does history deal with the past. H history is usually found within our present. We, still, we keep bringing those things from behind us up into our current story. So rarely does our history stay in the past. So, you know, here we are, most of us, still struggling, 
still questioning, still wondering about and dealing with things behind us because we can't seem to separate them from our current life. I wish we could. So much of what I deal with on a one-on-one basis, personal basis, is someone dealing with something behind them that they've never been able to sever for multitudes of reasons. Often they don't even know that, that it's been brought forward. They don't know that that's really what they're dealing with. It just feels like a current problem. It feels like a current issue. Rarely do they recognize that that issue or that situation has an origin from somewhere way back behind us. But we have to know that Jesus died that our past might be severed from us. Now that is a complete work. That's not a maybe. That's not partial. And and again, this is how completely we need to be saturated with this truth. Because where where does shame come from? It comes from the reality that I did something 10 minutes ago that I wished I hadn't. But what's the truth? If Jesus died to sever our past from us so that that past can't encumber the future, then can I be free from something I did 10 minutes ago? If it worked, I can. I can legitimately say According to this promise made to this, to this young man, when Jesus said, I have treasures for you in heaven, I have something in front of you, and all I'm asking is that you let me sever your past from you. Most of us still do things within our life because of the way we did them as children or because of the way that our parents did them. You know, I, I, I know this is one of those points that Brother Dale made. And, uh, he, you know, he was very, he knew a lot of history. And it was asking us why we cover the Lord's Supper with, with another cloth. Like, well, because we've always done it that way. And, and it's like it became a part of the religious service of the Lord's Supper, but we had to take it off. It had to be handled very carefully. It had to be folded and set aside before we could have the Lord's Supper. And he said, you know, the reason was, was because in the early days of these churches, they were, they leaked sand so badly that they had to cover the the Lord's Supper so that it wouldn't have dust on it when they got ready to serve it. But, but something behind us is still drastically affecting how we interact, how we trust one another how we see things in front of us, all encumbered by something in the past that Jesus died to sever. Because because he wants us to have his eyes, his heart, his hands as we move forward. If I'm going to hang on to that old stuff, it's not him. That has to be me. And unfortunately, most of us still very much determined to, to, to be followers of, of Jesus, trusting him, we're still very, very encumbered by something behind us. Well, we're going to spend the balance of the time tonight listening. 
I don't, I don't do this often and I don't do it easily. But we're going to spend about 30 minutes listening to another preacher. And uh, I don't think you will be disappointed in the things that you hear. This is a message by T.D. Jakes. And it is entitled, Mama, Don't Look Back. So we're, are you ready, Parker? Because we're going to spend the balance of the time listening to that message. Certainly agree, and I, and I love the focus because it was Mother's Day when he spoke this, and that's why it's such a specific emphasis. But the message is very, very plain to all of us. It's very difficult to be found in the present if we're so dominated and controlled by something behind us. And, and there's such a great detriment if we're not found in the present. I've, I, love, I love the message because if something behind us becomes more important, we're, we're, we're not the presence of salt, we become the pillar of salt. The great purposes that God has established in us, the great direction that he's allowed us to, to be established in our life, the futures that are in front of us all find us absent because we are valuing and looking at something behind us. It can be hurtful, it can be beautiful, it can be wonderful, it can be amazing. But when that treasure behind us, where our mind and our heart becomes fascinated, it will rob us and others around us from being found in the present. Just look at the story, at what, what happened. I, and I know it's an oversimplification, but what a, what a mental and emotional picture it creates when he's describing, when T.D. Jakes is describing the moment when Lot turned over to a place where she should have been. But because she wasn't present in the moment, what happened to not only in, for their lives, but for the nations that were produced from them. All because of something behind being more valuable than the promises and the assurance of something in front of us. Being present in the moment requires that we be separated from the past. This is why when I share it, I hope for such a message of saturation, why it's one that grows deep inside of us, because I don't want any explanation. I don't want any action. God doesn't want our, the things that we do next to be encumbered by something that was behind us. He died to make sure of it so that, we, so that our, our look could be to that mountain to what he has in front of us. And, and who knows all that would have caused her to look back. Just one more look, perhaps. But it caused her to, instead of being present in the moment, going where God was going to take them and be absent in such a, in such a powerful change. Any comments or questions about, about what you heard? How come y'all are not as loud as his congregation is? <laughs> you go, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're getting in there, Randy. Just keep, keep it coming. You, no telling, no telling how I could preach if y'all if y'all were that loud. I mean, man, it'd be scary. Yeah, really. Yeah, scary. 
Father, we thank you tonight for the, for the clarity of this message and just the dynamic need for it. And for a group sitting here like that, if, if tonight, if each one of us got this, the liberty and the freedom and the power to move forward that it would create and, and how contagious it would be for those around us when we ourselves learn that you have separated our past so that we can be found in your present, so that we can be in your presence. So Father, thank you for the reminder and the powerful teaching and the powerful words and for this minister who's been doing this for so long and the passion and the truth and how he explains it. So we thank you, Lord, for T.D. Jakes. We thank you for his ministry, for those who respond and hear his word and the difference that's being made in the disciples that are being made around the world because of that part of the church, that part of the river that he stewards, that blesses us as well. So, Father, thank you. One church, all of us united by one spirit, and we thank you, Lord, that you just allowed us tonight to enjoy and to participate in another section of that river as it flows into us in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.